All I ever think of when I think of burpees is Coach Mr. Penrod, my gym teacher and freshman. Yeah. Hey, Bill's dad, burpees. Got to do 20 burpees. Oh, Penrod. Uh, he weighed a good three and a quarter. That's the devil's exercise. Oh. I tell you what. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Just about 8.12 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Wednesday morning, Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Vetrano here with you until 9 o'clock. Isn't what we are seeing and hearing out of Washington this morning the very definition of compromise? And isn't it what we say we want? We spend a lot of time, sometimes in jest because everything's a little bit funny, Eric, discussing the dysfunction of our politics, Mm -hmm. be it in Washington, Madison, local level, right? And one thing we hear from people all the time, whether it's on the old National Bank talk and text line or folks who call in, is, you know, why can't these lawmakers get together and find a way to compromise and move things forward? What happens, however, is it appears we don't mean what we say, or at least our elected officials don't see it that way, because what we really seem to mean is, yes, let us reach a compromise, by making the other side see it exactly our way and give us everything we're asking for. That's not compromise. And what I'm hearing out of Washington this morning in regard to the debt ceiling deal, which is scheduled to come up for a vote today in the House, I have no idea what's going to happen there. But as we predicted, a lot of folks aren't happy with it. And to me, that like should fit the definition of compromise. But aren't those that are unhappy with it the ones that we know are going to be unhappy with it and they know they can throw the verbal grenades because they know it will likely pass with their other congressional colleagues voting in favor of the bill? Talked about that if you were listening yesterday about what I called moving day in Washington because you had the deal that was struck over the weekend when nobody was around and lawmakers were going to come back to work on Tuesday after the long holiday weekend and read the document, the 99-page legislation, and then the vote would be scheduled for today. So they would have this day in there to do exactly what you said, to posture in one direction or another. And I liken Which, that by to the be, way, is what politics do. But go yes. Ahead. Liken that to be analogous to golf on the Saturday of a four-day tournament. They call that moving day because people jockey for various positions. It's not really about who's leading or what position you're in on Saturday. It's about where you end up on Sunday and even at least start the day. And then how that ultimately plays out for the championship. So I kind of labeled Tuesday as moving day. All right, here's the deal. But now we're all going to get a a look at the leaderboard. Who's here? Who's leading factions? Mm. Who's opposed? Who's for? And then today is championship Wednesday in Washington. Do they get this thing passed? I I have no idea. Because you have a deal that's been brokered, and we're going to talk a little bit about the the logistics of that and why some people are opposed to even the manner in which this thing was created. But... This deal's been brokered in a room, in a small room with a few people. But so if you have members of Congress now start to monkey with it, adding amendments or other things, then that becomes not the deal that the sides originally agreed on. It is the process. I'm not saying they don't have a right to do it, but that would certainly put in jeopardy any sort of deal that, as we approach the June 5th deadline for raising the debt ceiling, becomes rather precarious. Right on cue, as we said, members of Congress voicing various oppositions to the deal that was struck to raise that debt ceiling for another two years in exchange for a number of spending limits and a laundry list of other Republican priorities, to be honest, 
Members on both sides of the aisle are not only unhappy with details of the 99-page legislation, not enough for some Republicans, way too much for many Democrats. Some are even upset with the manner in which the deal was struck. Series of meetings with the top brokers, being President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, both of whom are now working hard to get support for the plan, for the agreement that they reached. Let's uh, get to ABC's Justin Finch. He'll get us quickly up to speed. Many progressive Democrats and conservative Republicans are coming out against the deal, each accusing their leadership of making too many concessions. Still, the Republican-led House Rules Committee cleared the measure for a floor vote. The bill calls for suspending the debt ceiling until January 2025, clawing back $30 billion in COVID relief, rescinding $20 billion in IRS funding, ending the federal student loan repayments freeze in August, and adding new work requirements for some Americans on food assistance. I don't know. He sounds like a lot of things that Republicans wanted in that deal. But nothing is ever perfect, and everyone has to posture. Everyone has to do their thing. And it's not just uh, those hardliners on, on the right. There's some hardliners on the left, too, like you were talking about. And that's what they do. It sort of seems ultimately, though, right now the Republican Party is far more fractured. In terms of who's willing to really buck up against the leadership. Now, there's some pushback against President Biden, but I feel like Democrats would ultimately fall in line when they get there, that maybe this is more posturing for them. Might not be the case on the right side of the aisle here. A number of Republicans talking about that. Now, here in Wisconsin, Republican Brian Stiles supports it, checking his Twitter feed, calling it a step in the right direction. Yep. Um, you had our guy from uh, La Crosse area, Western Wisconsin. Also, yes, also saying, yep, I'm... Yep. He's in. Actually, he was frustrated. According to the Journal Sentinel, he was frustrated with the uh, the hardliners yesterday holding that news conference. Yes. He didn't think that was helping anything. So that's uh, members of the Republican delegation here in Wisconsin. Others still deciding when asked. Gwen Moore says she didn't like it. Yeah, I got more on her in a second. Okay. <laughs> Other Republicans, though, not on board, not sure if they'll get there. Senator Rand Paul, our Kentucky. I think the Biden-McCarthy dead deal is a disaster for the country. Disaster for the country. So he's out, right? <laughs> Not like, right. oh, there's some stuff in here. There's disaster for the nation. Another Republican from Florida, Congressman Byron Donalds. He's the Speaker of the House, and so that's the guy that we're with. We're going to roll with him. Um, that's my opinion. That's my viewpoint. Uh, but am I happy about this deal? No. Okay, he doesn't like it either. Dem's not happy. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat, Massachusetts. I'm still reading. So thank you. Guys. I gotta, I gotta go through all the details. Every time you turn over the rock, there's something else sliming under it. Yeah, slimy <laughs> under the rocks. Yes. And this rotten deal <laughs> is the worst disaster, slimy. <sighs> so I don't know. This, uh, you know, for me, kind of meets the definition of what compromise should feel like, right? If, if you walk away feeling really super great about everything, th- there wasn't a compromise, right? The lemonade has to taste a little bit sour. Yeah, for for everybody. If you're the only one tasting the sour, then you got had, right? And that's that, That's not a compromise. By the same token, if you feel great about everything, probably you didn't give enough and this thing wouldn't have a chance to pass. You mentioned uh, Gwen Moore, 4th Congressional District here in Wisconsin. She's not happy with it. This is what she told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. <laughs> we picked on her earlier today for her lavish pack where she's buying lobsters for everybody and whatever else. But here's her quote in the paper. I can't say I'm happy. More a Milwaukee Democrat told Milwaukee Journal Sentinel when asked about the deal. 
I mean, I haven't really had much sleep or rest. Not one piece of barbecue this weekend. Didn't do my rounds on Memorial Day like I wanted to. But I'm at a better place, so I'm going to talk to some of my colleagues. <laughs> so feel bad for your congresswoman. She didn't get enough barbecue over the weekend because she had to, you know, work on the debt ceiling. <laughs> but really, are any of these people working? Right. I don't know. And actually... I've been around. It's been a while since I've seen the congresswoman, but I actually covered her inauguration in um, in Washington back in '04. Does yes. that sound right? And so, I don't know in what spirit she offered that. I don't know that she was really suggesting that she was bent out of shape. She didn't get barbecue over the no, weekend, no. or if that's just it. Just reads funny, right? It reads funny, but she might have said it in jest. If I can defend her even slightly. So, quick aside here. Yeah, I'm covering this thing in Washington. Okay, so. Uh, Congresswoman Moore graduated from Marquette University a long time ago, and so she was being hosted at the Les Aspen Center in Washington on the eve of her inauguration, or maybe it was just after. So she's first African-American elected to Congress for the state of Wisconsin, real proud moment for the state, for her. And the Les Aspen Center is a Marquette installation there on Capitol Hill. Okay. And people go there, and it's also, I, I don't know if they do some think tanky things, but it's meant to serve students also who are working in Washington, who have Marquette ties. So she's there, and if you can imagine who would be at a crowd in a reception for something like this with Marquette University, a lot of priests, a lot of religious types, okay, a lot sure. of highfalutin university types, and yeah. she's there uh, on this very proud moment for her, and the congresswoman-elect, eventually the congresswoman, had quite an entourage with her. A lot of folks were around, including... Um, person who I don't think it was her ex-husband, the father of one of her children. Okay. And he was there. They have a good relationship. He was there to support her. But she gets up in front of this whole crowd, all these priests and whatever. I want to thank this person. I want to thank that person. I swear to you, she said, I want to thank my baby daddy for coming all the way here to be with us today. And you see these priests almost on their collar like, oof, <laughs> So the congresswoman will say what she's going to say Absolutely, from time to time. Will. That's my Gwen Moore story. But, uh, you know, for those decrying these handshake deals and the fact that this was brokered among leadership and the president in the room where it happens, you know, that's why that thing was significant in, in Hamilton. You want to be in the room where it happens, but that means you're part of just a select few who have to broker these deals. You can't put 100 senators. So, see, I, but here's the problem. Uh, and you mentioned this earlier that you're, you're, you wonder if, um, yeah, the Democrats might complain a little bit, but ultimately will likely vote for it. Uh, Senator Baldwin, her, a spokesperson, told the paper today, eh, <laughs> I, she's reviewing it, but you know, okay. hasn't said yes or no yet. But ultimately, the expectation is that they're going to sign off on it. Do, is there a concern that too many are, are, are well, I want to posture, but then posture becomes reality on the Republican side, where if you have too many, I mean, there's always that select group that gets to posture and complain about things in any bill or measure so they can look good for their constituents, ultimately knowing that the bill's going to pass anyway, right? Yes. If you, if you have a snowball yes. effect today of too many that need to posture, if you will, is that going to run into a problem or we're going to be defaulting here on June 5th? I think a difference is you will have some Democratic support, if not unanimous, certainly in the House. So you'll have Republicans. unanimous, but yeah. Right. You'll have Republicans and Democrats who are both voting for this. So that lessens the influence of that far right faction or the Freedom Caucus or others who held up the McCarthy vote for how long. Right. Um, and they really flexed their muscle and their power in doing so. So you're right. That can have an actual impact on the vote. It'll be interesting to see without this going along party lines, so to speak, 
what those numbers, what the math actually looks like. But I just wonder, like, you can't have everybody in the room broker the deal. So you got to, you know, for me, you, tr- you elect your elected officials. They put their trust in the leadership that they elect. And I'm not saying blindly get on board with every action. But to me, this is what compromise looks like. You get some things you like. Some things don't feel so good, but we move forward. And I commend the leadership of both parties for putting together a package that seems to offer some hurt and some victory for each side. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. A couple of folks texting in on the old National Bank talk and text line this morning on our debt ceiling conversation. I think it's a... Compromise doesn't feel 100% good. I think there's a lot good in here, no matter which side of the aisle you're on. And it seems like a lot of folks in Washington don't agree. From 262 (laughs) on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, this is not a compromise. It's a Republican capitulation. So if I understand that correctly, this texter is suggesting that Republicans aren't getting enough in the deal. Does that sound... Am I reading that right? Sure. I'm curious to that. They didn't get everything they wanted. Right. But there was a laundry list of things that were there. And it's causing many Democrats to say way too much, way too much. We're giving away the store. If that's their reaction, um, I don't necessarily see it that way. It's not everything Republicans wanted. No. And if you're on that side of the aisle, you're, you know, you were left with other things that you wanted to see happen. From Gail and Tosa, it's their own fault they didn't get this done sooner and have a holiday. McCarthy tried, Biden and the Democrats wouldn't do it any sooner. I like this one. This is not... Oh, wait, where was it? Somebody suggesting they throw in debt limits. Or and congressional term congressional limits. Congressional term limits. Yeah, like Sneak that, that one in and yeah, see yeah. what happens. Oh, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> we, Half the group would have to leave tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, shoot. I guess right. I'm now retired. Do, you, do we have an indication of the timing and when things start to go down here? I had heard this evening was the anticipated vote. So... Got to leave some some time for debate. Yeah, right? Let oftentimes people come you'll up have and... quite a few speakers, and then if other things get thrown in there, and having to kind of wade through that mess. So, anticipated vote this evening, but it should right. we should get a locked in time here as the day moves on. Yield to the gentleman from Wisconsin. Yield to the gentle lady from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yield to yield to yield to. Okay, render my time. That's yeah, we'll my have time. a little bit of that. A little bit of complaint. <laughs> a little bit of yielding. Mm-hmm. A little bit of statement making. So you think this evening for the vote? Well, keep keep an eye on that, obviously. And then if you clear this hurdle, then it moves over to the Senate. Yep, and, and it's got to uh, be Senator the same Johnson thing. Johnson says he's probably a no. That's what he told the paper. We'll see what it comes when it comes time to uh, yay or nay on that one. Eight twenty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. What's my favorite story of the day from yesterday? Uh, as soon as it popped up on the TVs, oh, I know. it was happening. I'm like, oh, this is great. Pothole Patrol. <laughs> Underway. Bet. It was back. We fixed the damn roads. Governor Tony Evers on his statewide Pothole Patrol. He was actually in our area on Brown Deer Road, about 51st and Brown Deer. He has a little uh, highway crew vest on and everything. And he was, I'll give him credit, the shovel was in the hot mix asphalt there. Mm-hmm. One one piece of video I saw, he was using the tamper. Yeah. It's that big thing. It's got that like, out. Yeah, it's got like a, what about chest high pole on it, right? And then on the bottom is big hunk of metal that's flat, and you use that to tamp down whatever you got. Mm-hmm. 
So he was out there with the road crew fixing the potholes. I think he's out again today in different parts of the state. He's been doing this uh, through last week, I want to say. Milwaukee to Rhinelander yesterday. Yeah. They really liked it. They thought it was good. They had a, the news station up there did a whole story on it. But they never talked to the governor for the story. They talked to this neighbor. He's like, yeah, we get a lot of potholes here. This, <laughs> this is great. I'm glad he's here. <laughs> so I'm like, can just see the guy coming back. And if you're WJFW, I think, is the NBC in Rhinelander. So that's that's a first job territory, right? Send mm-hmm. the guy out. Yeah, so what did the governor say? I don't know. I didn't talk to him. What do you mean? You didn't talk to the governor? I don't know. This neighbor, he was really good sound. <laughs> so you didn't ask okay. governor about the marijuana situation right. or uh, the budget? Abortion legislation, anything? Budget? Yeah. They're still working? Nah, but uh, <laughs> Jim over here on Pleasant View was really impressed with the pothole operation. That's going again. Yes, you mentioned he's still doing this. He'll be in the lacrosse and Eau Claire areas, actually starting in Chippewa Falls at noon on Alaska, just outside of La Crosse at 145. That tells mm-hmm. you how much work the governor's actually putting in, though. It's about an hour and a half drive between those two communities, and the press events are less than two hours apart. So that's about two, three shovels of asphalt. Take some questions, and we're in the car. They don't fire up the chopper for that's, that? <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't think so. Mm. No, you got to drive on the roads to talk about the roads, don't you? Yeah, I suppose. On this quality infrastructure that he has built. We fixed the damn roads. Mostly just an excuse to play that bite. I get it. I get it. All right, this. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? Big story. Artificial intelligence is uh, getting an update now. This one concerns me, I have to admit. More than the others? Saw this one coming a mile away. But yes, for whatever reason, it does concern me more than the others. Perhaps is this is just another warning sign. But a stark warning from hundreds of tech insiders that AI technology, if allowed to develop unchecked, could lead to mass extinctions, not unlike a nuclear war or a pandemic. So several, I'm talking hundreds of insiders and tech execs, like the CEO of the Google AI division, the head of the chat GPT technology, other tech giants. Elon Musk has also gotten on board with this. The Apple co-founder saying, look, it's time to pause development of AI. We need a six-month pause of our AI development. This comes from the Center for AI Safety, which has warned of several worst-case scenarios, like somebody using AI to build chemical weapons or to generate disinformation that destabilizes society. In fact, they even warn of a future where humans depend on AI. We can't care for ourselves. And the quote is similar to the scenario portrayed in the film WALL-E. They think that's a real threat. there's a world outside of Yonkers. You ever see WALL-E? I did. It's a great film. Very pretty and gorgeous. And they're all too big to take care of themselves. Yeah, everybody's out on this. on the AI. Floaty chairs. Yeah, this space cruise ship because we trashed the planet and they couldn't live here anymore. So they're out on the space cruise ship, but nobody has a job. Nobody has to work because everything's AI and robotics. Yeah, robots do everything. So everybody's like 7,000 pounds. So that's part of the the concern is that we're going to become that. We'll rely on the AI while it's sucking our... Our, our energy? What would they need us for then? <laughs> well, then if you want to go next level, then we get uh, end up in like larva form, right? To fueling the AI. Yeah, a little right? matrix. Action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the end of Wally, it's right? Not Debbie, funny. Everything becomes back to normal at the end of Wally. No spoiler, right? But we learn to to take care of ourselves again. Yeah, that's the general idea because they found the plant. Whatever. Yes, there's a plant there. Yes. The Earth could once again sustain life. So anyway, I, I do find it very interesting, though, that they want all the governments around the world, hey, if there's any bad actors who, who aren't willing to do the pause, can you help us with that? So 
I think what we're seeing here is several execs say, hey, look, I'm all in for pausing, but I want to make sure that guy is and that yeah. lady is also. They also need to pause, not just me. It's th- So there's one challenge. The other challenge I see is find me something else in human history that is a precedent for us throttling back on the development of technology. We keep, even though we talk about it, and we had Jim Ryan from ABC News on this morning talking about this, and he yeah. cited nuclear weapons as an example of, we all think the world would be better if we didn't have nukes, and but you got nukes, and I got nukes, and they got nukes, and so we can make all the agreements and sign on the dotted lines, but you're still not fully trusting that other people are cooperating, yeah. so we keep developing the nukes, and the technology gets stronger and stronger and stronger to the point of how many times over that we could destroy mm-hmm. the Earth, and the same thing will play out here. Like we, we, as humans, cannot not continue to develop. You're absolutely right. Think about uh, space exploration, same right. type of deal, right? So, but I don't know. I don't. They, uh, I don't I'm know. starting to tire of these letters, though. Like everybody's yeah, signing the yeah, letters. Someone's got to do something now, though. Like <laughs> right. now, you got to act. Okay, we heard you. Okay, I mean, you're you, all afraid you of what you're still creating. I think I think Capitol Hill has proven today that you can't rely on them, Musk, <laughs> yeah. and at all. It's all a little of compromise bill laid out <laughs> yeah, there. Why don't yeah. you guys maybe build the uh, the legislation yourself, send it over there, give them some money, and say, "Hey, can you do this for us?" And then they'll do it. Then they'll act on it. Uh, finally, this story. I don't know if you saw the video of this. Trouble between the U.S. and China now. Now. More trouble. <laughs> yeah, more trouble. A U.S. fighter jet involved in a midair incident over the South China Sea. Chinese fighter jet approaches. It then roars past the nose of the U.S. plane, forcing the U.S. pilots to bounce through the turbulence caused by the fighter jet's wake. The Chinese say the U.S. should not be sending reconnaissance planes, but this was in international airspace. Yeah, so apparently it was a, a U.S. spy plane, and you can see in the video that like the co-pilot just took with an iPhone, it looked like of this uh, Chinese fighter jet just zipping in front of it. And it's, and then all of a sudden, the whole cockpit shakes because they, they feel the uh, the jet wash. Yeah, well, everybody remembers that from Top Gun. Yeah, absolutely, that's what, they do. That's what did in Goose. There's no flat spin or anything like that. Right. They handled it all right. But, but right, when you've got a jet coming by it, however fast it was, I mean, speed of sound or whatever, mm-hmm. right in front of you. That I mean, leaves, it's close. Right, it leaves a wake in the atmosphere, so to speak, that you don't necessarily see, but you definitely feel in that turbulence. U.S. Uh, frustrated by this, saying this is an act of aggression, way too aggressive, didn't need to happen. The Chinese says, hey, what are you doing with a spy plane this close? So there there we go. Well, international, international airspace is international airspace. Yeah. So if we were over the line there, I would say, okay, go up there and harass a little bit, and I'd be fine with that. But if you're in international airspace, I just don't get... You know, I don't you know get China's play of? here. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of if you're ever in a fishing boat and you fish off of someone yes. else's property and they throw a fit because your fishing boat is too close to their property. Like, they own the water. Right. They don't own the water. That's you a perfect analogy. There. Oh, this year's, this, is, this year's my peer area. Right. <laughs> I still think I can drop a line here if I want to. 846 on Wisconsin's Morning News, we got a local spelling champion in the Scripps National Spelling Bee. We'll update his progress as that is ongoing. That story next. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. R-E-S-P-I-C-T, find out what it means to me. Yeah, something like that. 8.51 on Wisconsin's Morning News. The 
Scripps National Spelling Bee is underway. We have one contestant from here in Wisconsin. Yes, and he's made it to the quarterfinals. Nice. So the quarterfinals are tomorrow. They do have some primetime spelling tonight and then primetime again tomorrow. So we'll see how he does. His name is Aiden Wajakulasara. He's from Madison. And he had a couple of words he had to spell. He had to actually do three different things. He had to spell the word, let me make sure I pronounce this correctly, Bahavrihi. Never heard that word. A Never class in my life. of compound words whose meanings follow the formula. Having a B that is an A. It's a compound word. Baharivri means having much rice. You want to give it a shot okay. or no? No. I that wouldn't even... Uh, like B-A-H. That's, that's yeah, as far as so I So far you're right. Uh, U-V-R-I-H-I. Yep. Nope. Wouldn't have got it. So he got that one right. Then he had to... What do you have to do next? He had to pretty much define the word meridian. The question was, what is a meridian? And he had to give an answer to that. And his answer was a great circle of the celestial sphere passing through its poles and the zenith. So seventh grader got that and one right. Evidently that was correct. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I actually yes. know what, what meridian means. <laughs> uh, and then finally. See, I was confused with median earlier. So, <laughs> you hear people say that sometimes. Oh, yeah, that car was up on the meridian there. <laughs> Did I, I say meant, median? <laughs> I meant to say meridian. Yeah, he, he wiped uh, out right there. They had to get the wrecker out to get. They had to build a stronger meridian here. Um, so he's in seventh grade. He's done this before. Had he had to call Sean Went to get him out of there. Be, he a great speller. Um, and he spelled uh, his last word correctly, too. So the last word was burpee. Burpee. B-U-R-P-E-E. Burpee. Correct. So okay, how about that, that one huh? everyone listening would have gotten, right? Everyone would have spelled that right. Burpee? Yeah. What is the origin? Is the word origin for burpee? Is there an I in there? I-E? I suppose you could go I-E at the end. All I ever think of when I think of burpees is Coach Mr. Penrod, my gym teacher and freshman. Yeah. Hey, Bill Stad, burpees. Got to do 20 burpees. Oh, Penrod. Oh, he waited a good three and a quarter. That's the devil's exercise. Oh. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you, like people do it at the gym, right? Yeah. That's where oh, you like, yeah. drop yeah. down and yeah. kick yep. out or something yep. like that. Yep. It's a great one. It's a great one, but boy, Debbie's right. What's there. his name? Penrod? Penrod, yeah. What do you say, Man, Penrod? Come on. Bill's dad, get down there. Um, So Aiden is back today. So like I told you, he was 51st a couple of years ago in the spelling bee. He's back for a second round. Now he's made it through to the quarterfinals. He's pretty confident. I'm feeling a lot more uh, confident. I don't have a lot of expectations, but my goal was just because um, before last time I came here, I got through three rounds. Um, So by getting through these three rounds, I'm proud of where I am. And whatever happens next, I'm okay with. How about that? Giving a skilled interview as well. Love it. Nice job, young man so we've got uh, today and tomorrow yet today and tomorrow and uh, i'll give you this because i just love these there's always a couple throughout the years of people who who misspelled a word uh, a young boy or girl who misspelled a word and they're just frustrated and they're like ah this one always stuck out to me here's a kid who thought he had the word correct kabaragoya kabaragoya i know it i know it i totally know it okay kabaragoya C-A-B-A-R-A-G-O-Y-A. Kabaragoya. What? Kabaragoya is spelled K-A-B-A-R-A-G-O-Y-A. You were wrong from the get-go.
WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. on Wisconsin's Morning News. What's your gym teacher's name again? Penrod. Penrod. Yeah. Do you remember your gym teacher's names at all? Um, not really. No? No. No. If I thought about it long enough, I'm really not interested. (laughs) I'd give you all four. I mean, like, we're not going back grade school here. Mr. Schuler. He was my favorite one. That's interesting. Yeah. I could go. I'd give you all four in high school. Really? I had uh, Raithy, Haas, Rebholtz, and Karp. Carp. And Haas and Rebbe were both uh, basketball coaches as well at Tosa East. And uh, Coach Raithy was, I think, the guy responsible for bringing pickleball to Tosa East back in the day. Like, wow. we, we learned in high school, and I think he had a place in Florida. He had family there. So that's where he discovered pickleball. And then for some reason, it was in our PE curriculum. So you were ahead of the pickleball curve. Yeah, I didn't hear from pickleball for 30 years. Now it's everything. All of a sudden now. Yeah. Now pickleball wants me have all you, the time. Have you pick up the pick up a pickle paddle yet? Though? Yes, you have. Yeah, we have a, a family net and all that, and the, the kids like to play. Really? So. Now, why aren't you down the hall here? Then I have yet to be invited. Yeah, that's like <laughs> an exclusive. You're know, the Cass's, <laughs> the McCures. Yes, yes, yeah, exclusive group. Been specifically excluding Eric <laughs> yeah. from our thing because yeah, because I don't I don't much care to be around <laughs> you. Anyway, they I got the little V neck sweaters on <laughs> and stuff. They got the you know, they, they tie them across their shoulders mm-hmm. after they're done. To, you know, so they don't get they don't cool off too mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and we uh, had pancake down there. I know that was the one day Tausch was here. I wasn't. That's I, right. I, I believe you were something. invited. Yeah, I couldn't play that day, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Work. (laughs) (laughs) Nine o'clock, Steve Scafidi is next. Kabara Goya. Kabara Goya. I know it. I know it. I totally know it. Okay. Kabara Goya. C A B A R A G O Y A. Kabara Goya. What? Kabaragoya is spelled K-A-B-A-R-A-G-O-Y-A. 